It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. <laughs> How much better did everyone sleep on a victory Monday? I know I sure slept like a baby last night, knowing that the Rams are now four and three. Heading into a game in London versus the Bengals. We have a great rest of the week for you guys. Tomorrow is our crossover Wednesday. We're going to be talking with Joe Goodberry of Lockdown Bengals. We're going to break down that game. Look at what is this team actually all about? We know their record. We know this is in London. But we're going to get to know their team a little bit more and understand that matchup. Then obviously we've got Jake Ellenbogen on Thursday. We're going to talk to him from downtown Rams. Break down this game a little bit. Talk about the game ahead. Look a little bit further into the bye and what we need to address going into all that. And then Friday, we're back just like that with Serena Morales, the hype edition to get you ready. And now that I think about it, she will be in London, so I better, I better figure out how we're going to do that. But either way, we're going to have a great week of content for you guys. And it starts today. Again, we've got Jim Fossil on the show. This is father of John Fossil, our special teams coach. He is a former NFL coach. He's got over 30 years experience as a coach across all levels. He told some great stories again today. So we're going to cover a little bit about, you know, making that change that we talked about when we talked to him last week and how that kind of affected the team and, and the way that they performed. Looking at this matchup, understanding that it was the Atlanta Falcons and really does that matter in the in the big picture of things or does it matter more that we got our team back on track? We're also going to talk about the special teams and what it takes to kind of pull off those fake punts, whose call is it, all that stuff we're going to discuss on today's show don't forget to go give us a follow at LA underscore Rambling Bear. That's my personal on Twitter. Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group. We got a bunch of new people added to the Facebook group, so I appreciate you guys. Come find us if you're on Facebook and you're not with us on the group. And then, as always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Himalaya. I always appreciate when you guys reach out and say, hey, I couldn't find the podcast today. It didn't pop up on one of my things. I'll be more than happy to always share a link or another place that you can find it. So if you ever have trouble finding it, let me know. Hit me up on one of those accounts I mentioned before, and we will make sure we get the podcast to you. But we got an awesome show for you guys today. So without any further ado, let's kick right into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by former NFL head coach Jim Fossil. And this is your lead story. Jim, we had you on last week, and we talked about the Rams during this three-game losing streak and that they need to make some big changes and not necessarily go out and make trades and firing people, but letting the team know that they needed a new direction and a focus. Well, they did make some trades, three to be exact. They landed one of the best corners in the league and came out on Sunday with good energy, and the defense played well. How big can this win be for the team moving forward? Oh, I think it's huge. And, uh, you know, every team... Uh, except for the uh, Patriots, uh, has an up and a down. And the bottom line, what you have to have is that, you know, make a move that the players see that the coaches are doing something to help them. 
not just say the same old thing and same old, well, you guys, you got to try it a little harder. We got to do this. No. When they made the moves, and it was a big move. Right. I mean, it's costly what they're going to give up. But uh, they made the move, and to me, watching the game, that team kind of just exploded. They're ready to go. Our coaches are doing everything they can. We got to pick it up. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you talked about kind of that spark. And you could see that in the game. They came out uh, with a bunch of energy. The defense, there was questions. Obviously, Peter's gone. Tlaib uh, to IR. John Johnson to IR. And you're kind of wondering, well, what's an addition going to do? And this defense played lights out the other day. Played really good football. We saw Dante Fowler step up uh, with three big plays, three big sacks, and a bunch of other really big plays. Uh, when you look at it, and from your days coaching, when you talk about this capital that we traded in the draft picks, you know how big were you on draft picks versus players that are actually in the league? And, and when you look at it, is it really a lot to give up, or do you think getting back proven players is just as good? Well, I think it is. I mean, uh, it's hard for me to answer that, but I think that the Rams made some really good movement, okay? I was only faced that one time. When I lost the game uh, to Detroit, it was ugly. It was ugly. And so what I did was I, I cut the MVP of special teams. I cut him. And the rest of the guys, I said, from now on, the two guys with the lowest grade on special teams, I'm going to cut you right now. And uh, when, when the meeting was over, they went over to Michael Strahan. He wasn't in the meeting. It was just special teams guys. He said, what do you say? He's going to cut two of us every week with the lowest grade. And you know what? It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and uh, Michael Strahan asked him, and we didn't lose another game. We went to the Super Bowl. Well, I'm glad you brought up the special teams there because, you know, looking at this uh, game, the Rams really performed on offense, on defense, on special teams, and really had three phases working together for this win and, and chipping away together. From your experience in coaching, how tough is it to get all three phases on the same page every week? Well, it, yeah, it's it's rough, okay? Uh, they got the best kicker in the league, and he's missed a couple of you know field goals that he can make it 90 out of 100 times. Right. But uh, And that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And uh, the bottom line is I think the Rams making that move Okay, and uh, you know they they this guy he's a uh, shutdown corner, and it shook up everybody. Uh, you know the players, you know they're saying, hey, wait a minute, our coach is doing a lot of stuff. We need to be able to you know play and let's move this up. And I think he just gave him a lot of energy to uh, get out there and play. And, and you could see and you could feel that energy. And, and you talk about going and getting that number one corner and how. You know, it kind of shakes things up and, and really, you know, bringing that energy. It looks like, and from what the Rams have really said, that they're going to be trying to go into more of a man base now and, you know, throw in some zones, you know, every once in a while. Do you recall in, in your time or, you know, in your time coaching where you kind of flip the script on defense kind of in the middle of the season and, you know, your thoughts on the Rams just kind of approaching that and saying, hey, look, our zone attack isn't working. We got a guy that's awesome in man and switching to that. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the players look around, you know, this guy is a shutdown corner and the organization is doing everything. So we got to pick this thing up. And I think the other thing is now is that, you know, they played Atlanta. Okay. 
and they're staying in Atlanta and then flying to London. And I think it'll get, if everybody handles it right, okay, we're going to, we're going to talk amongst the uh, players. Hey guys, we got to pick it up. Everybody's got to pick it up. It's a perfect time that they stay in Atlanta right now and they're living together. They're, they're hanging out with each other and all that. And they got another game in London. I think that's absolutely great. No, I totally agree with you. And it's like another training camp, especially as there's a lot of new faces, an opportunity for these guys to come together and almost hit the reset button. Hey, we got a big win in Atlanta. We're going to go to another country uh, and and have a game. We're going to come back with a bye. This is a great early uh, regrouping session. And like you said, kind of getting together and saying, this is how we're going to change the season moving forward. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We got a lot more coming with Jim Fossil. Going to talk to him a little bit about the special teams, of course, this offense and how we improved on Sunday and really looking forward. We'll be right back. Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams right after this. I need you guys to listen up. This is your opportunity to get season tickets to the 2020 Rams new stadium. My man Dave Robles is hooking you up. If you are buying or selling a house in the Los Angeles area, give him a call. Dave is an L.A. native and knows the city in and out. He's an L.A. Rams fan. That should help. He's a really strong negotiator who understands how to get you a good deal on your home or top dollar for your current home if you're selling. He has excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews, so if you don't believe me, just go check those out. Again, check out that website, DaveRobles.com, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Again, you tell him you're from Locked On and you're going to buy or sell a house with them, he is going to get you 2020 season tickets to the Los Angeles Rams in the new stadium. If I were you, you're on that fence, go talk to the wife, go talk to the husband, let them know it is time to make a move. You can get season tickets as well as a great deal on your house. Call them for details, 213-712-4343. Dave Robles, the man, the myth, the Robles. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back. Today we are joined by former head coach Jim Fossil and father to Rams special teams coordinator John Fossil. And speaking of your son, uh, the special teams, which we talked a little bit about in that first segment, uh, they played an amazing game. And really, if you're looking at it, uh, Sunday they contributed in a big way. Johnny Hecker with that fake punt. 
Uh, they recovered a fumble in the end zone for a touchdown. Plus, Greg Zerline, you, you mentioned he missed the field goal, but he added 13 points in his kicking, so he is continuing to, uh, to pitch into this team in a big way. I want to talk a little bit about that fake punt. Back when you were coach, how did the fake punt kind of come into play during the game? Does the special teams coordinator walk over to the head coach? Do you have that in, your, in the back of your head kind of going into this game? You know, how does this really happen, and, and really in the case for the Rams this week versus Atlanta? Well, you know, I'm not uh, privy to their their whole game plan, okay? But uh, I talked to a lot of coaches in the NFL, and they said, we've never spent so much time on special teams that he's got every trick in the book. And uh, it's a long story about how he got him, okay? And uh, he wanted a, a punter that was an ex-quarterback, and that's what he got. And uh, they've, they scored a lot of points off that stuff on special teams. And uh, basically what had happened with uh, John needs to get the okay from the head coach if you want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, have him trick play. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm sure the head coach gave him a uh, thumbs up, go ahead. And, uh, you know, he's a former quarterback too. So it works, and uh, I, I take my hat off to the head coach and saying, you know, he's got trust in John and the punter that we can make it happen. Yeah, he definitely made it happen, and John Hecker is really good at that, as you mentioned, uh, you know, has some quarterback experience, and I love, you know, that John went out and basically said, hey, I need a guy that can throw because it kind of opens up uh, a lot of those plays, and, and it's funny, they did a lot last year, a little bit more last year than this year, where they'd run up and they'd almost fake the fake punt, where they'd look like they were going to try to you know run a fake punt, and then either they'd call a timeout or take the delay a game. And it looked almost like one of those similar plays, except for this time they snapped it. Another beautiful toss, and it picked up a first down. And I totally agree with what you said about Sean McVay, and I love that this coaching staff is willing to do that, willing to put trust not only into uh, you know your specialty coaches, whether it's into your son and, and let him you know say, hey, we got to go for this, but even into the players and saying, hey, we're in a position on the field and the time uh, to catch him off guard, and I trust you to make that throw. So uh, those things, even on the special teams, can really, as we talked about earlier in the first segment, kind of have a big impact on the team going, man, this coach really trusts us to put us in position and allows us to go make the play. So I think that's a bigger play than just picking up the first down as far as a team uh, kind of looking at that in a good way. Uh, another thing I want to talk to you about, I mean, you've got 30 years experience as, as a coach and uh, coaching on all different levels. I want to ask you a little bit about this game. You know, in my eyes, the, the Rams really had a great balanced attack on Sunday. 36 rushes compared to 38 passes. Uh, this season, we've seen really a pass heavy. And in certain cases, you have to be because you were down or two-minute warning type situations. But uh, do you think this is the best way to get the offense back on track uh, from week to week? And really kind of looking at the league the way this is to kind of have a balanced attack? Or, you know, what's your thoughts kind of moving forward uh, on how today's NFL is being played? Well, there's a lot of conflict there. But, you know, I'd like to tell you that uh, when uh, John, my son, was looking for a punter that could throw the football. And uh, he found this guy, Oregon State. And that's what he was. He was a quarterback and a punter. And... He asked Jeff Fisher, can I tell him if we don't draft him that we'll guarantee you we're going to uh, sign him? And uh, they didn't get around to it. 
and then uh, he got the green light to go ahead and sign this guy. And there was eight other teams that wanted to sign him, but John had built a really good relationship with him, and it's it's come back in spades. I mean, this guy is special. I just wanted to enter that in, but what were you wanted me to ask again? No, that's great stuff. And uh, really, I was asking about the balance in the rushing game and the passing game, and if you think this is kind of the answer for the Rams kind of moving forward, because this is one of the first times that they had such a balanced attack, and it looked great. Well, I think it's, it's a whole team, and this is what's gone. I, and I, I take my hat off to the personnel and the head coach and everything else. You know, they had to shake it up. Something's got to happen. You just can't go in and talk to them again and, oh, yeah, guys, let's try harder and all that. No, 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 no. They, the move they made shook up everybody. And then all of a sudden they go, wait a minute, this guy's a shutdown corner. And I think it just gave them a lot of hope that, hey, this guy, he can do this and make a difference. And he came in there and fit in right with the defense completely. And it, it just changed the whole uh, what, what you're thinking about what we're going to do. We've got a shutdown corner over there. We're going to do it. Wade Phillips is a great defensive uh, coordinator and all that stuff. And I think I was just a wake up to, to everybody. And hopefully they can carry that on because, boy, they look like a different team that they've played the last three weeks with this thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the shakeup worked on both sides of the ball, as you mentioned. And, you know, we had better protection for Jared Goff. We had rookie David Edwards in there. Uh, I believe he got the second highest grade on the team as far as pro football focus as, as blocking goes. But David Edwards plugged in there, uh, did a lot better. Obviously, some improvements that need to happen. But uh, how did you think this line played in, in, in Atlanta and kind of, you know, how they came together with a rookie at left guard? Well, again, it goes back to the same thing. And you know the game very well, as that when you bring in a guy that is a lockdown corner, mentally, they're saying, wow, we got this guy here. Now we got to get back on uh, track. Okay. And it was, they just said the organization uh, sold a lot to get this guy to come in. He's a good guy. He's a tremendous player and the organization made this move. And uh, I think it just went all through the locker room. And I think, you know, psychologically, I think these guys picked it up and said, you know what? The organization made a really a move that can help us. So let's get all the art stuff to get together. And, uh, you know, and uh, the organization, the head coach, all those guys, they're doing something to help us. Let's get it done. Yeah, you, you nailed it. And we saw it on Sunday. I mean, a big win, 37 to 10. And that's something. And we talked when I asked you last week, I said, is this Atlanta game going to be the best case scenario? And said, you know, it doesn't really matter if you play New England or you're playing on the, you know, the moon. You got to win the ball game. You know, it didn't matter who the opponent was. And this was a nice big win for the Rams. Not only just kind of a, a W, but a really good feeling one when you look at you know, how all three phases played and really kind of finishing them strong and not letting them back into the game, I thought was really big uh, for the Rams. We're going to talk a little bit more about this game. We're going to look ahead to that Bengals game over in London. We've got more with Jim Fossil coming up after this. Uh, 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fancy Football with your Locked on Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we are back. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We've got Jim Fossil, former NFL head coach, talking with us about the Rams, talking about how they've kind of hit the reset button in a sense with this trade and really sent a shockwave through the organization that things needed to change. And we saw that on Sunday. Uh, the next step, we talked about it. They're staying in uh, Atlanta for a few days. I believe they fly out on Thursday over to London uh, to face the Bengals. Uh, question, did you ever coach an NFL game in a different country? Uh, was that going on when, when you were coaching in the NFL? Yes, yes. We played the Oakland Raiders. It, it's tough on you. Now, they're, they're doing the right thing, okay? Stay there in Atlanta, not fly back and then do that. But I remember when we played, it was the Raiders we played uh, in Europe. And when we came back, we were drained, I mean, the flight over there and then the flight back, I mean, it really took everything out of you. So I think they're handling it real well. You talked about it being difficult, getting over there, being tired, being drained. And you talked about how they're doing it correctly. And I remember a few years ago, they played in Jacksonville before they went over to London and they stayed in Jacksonville and they made that trip a little bit shorter, a little bit easier instead of going back to the West Coast and then flying all the way back over to London. Uh, What other type of things make it tough? Is it, you know, just practicing is it is it the the travel and getting adjusted is it being in a different country throwing off things that you're normal or or is it all the outside stuff or is it even playing in the stadium and and getting a game plan ready versus a team that's over there what what are some of the challenges when you looked at you know playing overseas well yeah it is it's hard uh but i think uh, it was the timing was right uh i'm not sure how how long it is take from Atlanta over to London. Okay. I don't know what that is. Uh, but I know this, that coming home is rough. Okay. I don't think it's as tough going over there, but when you come back, it is rough on you. You are, you just, uh, you're worn out, worn out with the flight and everything else. You got it ready for a next game and all that stuff. But I think, I think they've, I, I think they have a good plan to go over there and uh, stay in Atlanta and then fly over there. Yeah, the flight from Atlanta, I just kind of looked it up while you were talking there, is about eight hours from Atlanta. Coming home, they're going to have about a 10-and-a-half-hour to 11-hour flight. The nice thing is they do get that bye week afterwards, but then they go right back on the road uh, to face the Steelers. Uh, I guess we'll stay focused in this Bengals game. This, I mean, off a big win versus Atlanta, now, you know, what, a 1-in-6 team? Uh, and we're going to go face the Bengals, who I believe are still winless at this point. 
How do you look at that game and and stay focused when you have a matchup that looks so easy on paper, but it's the NFL, right? Any given Sunday, they always say that. How do you keep a team focused, especially in another country, but to focus on the game and not so much the opponent? Well, I think it comes from the head coach and the coaches uh, that, fellas, it doesn't matter where we play. We got to show up and play. And, uh, and I think they have the buy after that is going to be good for them. Uh, I think the head coach is, he always handles it really good. A lot of stuff with them. So I, I think it, it, it's, you know, for, for them, I think it's going to fit. And I think it was smart to stay in Atlanta. And then, yeah, when they come back, you know, they're going to be exhausted and, uh, they got to buy, you know, the, the biggest thing right now is with the team, don't tell them, Hey, we got this thing fixed now. It's a week to week to week. Anytime the team and the coaches, I don't think the coaches ever do it, but the team is that you can't say, all right, we got this thing fixed now. So sit back in your chair and take a deep breath and relax. No, no, no. Because the worst thing you can do is play somebody that everybody's saying you're going to beat them. And mentally, the players think, oh, we got this one fixed. No, you got to still put a lot of pressure on what we're doing in the game. Uh, it's a great point, and, and it's totally true because, uh, you, you know, you hear them call it trap games and things like that, and especially with how tight the division is. You know, you got the San Francisco 49ers who are undefeated at 6-0. and Seattle just lost to uh, Baltimore, but they're still 5-2 and in the division. Uh, and then the Rams obviously sitting there at 4-3, and and the Arizona Cardinals, 3-3, three and three, a big win uh, in New York over the weekend and, and really kind of proved that this NFC West is stacked full of some really good talent. So there's no time to take a week off, especially against an opponent, no matter what their record is. Um, any chance you're, you're heading out to London to watch the game or are you staying here uh, locally in the States? Uh, I'm going to stay here. I've been to London, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I, I like to watch all the games. I really do. And, uh, no, I'm not going to travel over there and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to catch them a couple of games. I'll uh, travel or once I'm uh, go to the games and stuff, but uh, not London. No, no I, yeah, I don't blame you. That's that's a big trip, and and I'm I'm just like you. I, a lot of people ask me. I live in L.A., and they said, "Why don't you go to every Rams home game?" And and I'm a little addicted to football. I want to see what else is happening around the league, and I love my red zone TV and sitting in my living room and being able to you know yell at the TV or whatever it may be in my own little area. So I understand that. Uh, and real quick before we get out of here, you know, I, I had kind of been introduced to you by a company called Ref Ratings. And are you still working with them and doing some of, uh, you know, the ref critiquing and things like that? Is there anything you want to tell me about that? Yes. And I think it, it's big topic right now for the fans because I, I spent most of my life in the NFL. And sometimes I still can't figure out what. <laughs> what, are you, what are you ruling that for this? I, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. Now, the NFL does everything they can to get it right. And if they miss something, you know, they're going to miss some things. No matter what you got, they're going to miss some things. It's a really hard, hard, hard when you're looking at, was that, what, what was that, you know, a fumble? Was it this? Was it that? Right. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I suffered probably one of the worst referee calls in the history of the NFL and they changed it after that. And which, which uh, one was that? We were playing the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Okay. 
and uh, play playoff game, and we went back and forth, back and forth. So we got the ball down to about the four-yard line. We were down by one, okay? And so we're only one point behind, and we're going to kick a field goal and win. And so number 69 on our team, we had three tight ends, and then we had another guy, a lineman, that lined up as a, as a, as a tight end, and he checked in. He went to the official, and he did it right. I watched it, okay? Went to the official and said, I'm checking in. Mm. And the head official, he, over the loudspeaker, so everybody heard it, number 69, eligible. Good. Because I, 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 we, we practiced that. Right. And he checked him in. And then we got a bad snap. It was uh, a flag was thrown. And the back judge, the back judge, he must have been asleep. <laughs> but uh, on the last play that he threw a flag, and we should have got another chance, okay? The, our, our guy that went in the, in the deep in the end zone with number 69, who had checked down over the loudspeaker, and then the back judge flew a flag, and uh, they called us with an illegal man downfield. Oh. I went nuts. I went nuts. <laughs> and, and I tried to get the officials, and I couldn't get them. Now, they they changed the rule because the NFL apologized. Well, thank you very much. Right. You just kicked us out of the playoffs. And the bottom line is when the, the officials got into the locker room, said, hey, who had, who had the guy down the field? Back judge. What'd you see? Number 69 downfield. Oh, my God. He checked in. Oh. He checked in. He's eligible. And they wouldn't play it again, and they wouldn't do anything, but – they blew the call completely. The officials did. Man, that that's rough, and and we still see a lot of that, and um and so that's what you're doing now. You on on Tuesdays, I believe it is, with ref ratings, you get together and you kind of uh, take questions and field questions about some of the calls over the weekend. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Talk about it. It's never going to be perfect. The only thing you got to get some things. They got to do it. But like the one I just talked to you about, I mean that was that was unbelievably wrong. I mean, he checked in at 69. My, you know, you rub your chest, you check in, yep. you do this, and then a guy threw a flag on us. And when they got to the locker room, what? Who did you? 69? He was checked in eligible. What the hell are you thinking? Ugh. But there's always going to be some mistakes with the referees, and people are the fans are going to be, uh, you know, mad about it and all that stuff. It's not a perfect game. Yeah, and that's right, and that's part of it, right? And that's one of the big questions when they brought in this year of the pass interference because that was always a judgment call and and to take that out of the game. But even though it seems like the NFL and the refs are kind of saying it's got to be pretty egregious for us to change it, I think the success rate on that is like under 15% as far as overturning it. So uh, the refs are doing a better job. I will give them credit as far as in that case – um, getting together these days and talking about what they saw and trying to make sure they get the right call instead of just going with it right away. Uh, but that's always, like you said, always going to be something that we're going to be able to talk about because uh, the having refs in the game is a very 
um, you know, personable part of the game and something that you can't change. So uh, we'll better get used to it and go check out Ref Ratings. They're on Instagram. Uh, I believe they're on YouTube as well. And Jim's going to be on there kind of addressing some of the calls uh, from the past week and, and having some chats with them. So, uh, Jim, I want to say again, thank you for joining us here on the podcast, Locked On Rams. We really appreciate it. We always love your stories and your insight. Uh, Rams got another big game this week, and hopefully they can keep it going. But thanks again for having a chat with us and look forward to chatting with you again. Oh, I always like talking with you. That's for sure. All right. Appreciate it, Jim. You have a good one. And with that, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.